Warning, this week's episode discusses topics of crimes against children and sexual abuse. Listener discretion is advised. back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 56. Today, I will be talking about the murder of Alana Callahan. My sources for today's episode are Kids Behind Bars, Life or Parole, Season 1, Episode 1, titled Aaron, TeenKillers.org, My Crime Library, AugustaChronicle.com, NorthwestGeorgianews.com, and WTXL.com. As usual, all my sources will be linked in today's show notes. Believe this story? Yeah, he's never lied to any of us. He's never tried to hurt anybody. Where we live, everybody knows everybody. Harlem's small. I just couldn't believe that this happened. When you have something this drastic involving kids, the whole community would just couldn't believe it. Aaron Schmidt is nothing other than a cold This case takes place in the small town of Harlem, Georgia. Harlem is is in Columbia County, Georgia, and about two hours away from Atlanta. As of 2020, the population sits at 2,666. Alana Callahan was born on October 23, 1996. She lived with her mom, dad, two brothers, and two sisters. Alana was described as book smart, fun to be around, and gullible. On January 31st, 2011, Amanda Callahan, Alana's sister, called 911. Amanda can be heard hysterically crying that her sister was not moving. The Callahan's 14-year-old neighbor, Lacey Aaron Schmidt, was also there. He had been told by Amanda not to touch anything. When the police arrived, Aaron told the police that he had seen a black male standing in the back of the house. He said he tried to chase the man, and that's when he saw Alana's body. Alana had been shot in the head, dragged down the back steps, and left in the woods. Alana had been on her computer uploading photos to Facebook as any 14-year-old back then would. The computer chair in the home was turned over. There was blood spatter as well as a blood trail leading from the house to the back door and down the wooden steps. There were drag marks in the woods, and one of Alana's socks was found outside. The police said that Amanda was devastated, but Aaron wasn't showing much emotion. When an officer would look at Aaron, he'd act like he was crying, but as soon as they looked away, he'd stop. One investigator said that they saw him even smirking at one point. Aaron was questioned at the police station at 5.20 p.m., about two hours after Alana was found. Are you 
first things first. Tell me what you know happened. I mean, start from the very beginning. Well, and tell me what you know happened. I went out to the road for another man that comes down to pick her up. My draining. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a little gate. Mm-hmm. But I saw somebody run across it. And there was like a hotel in it. We started out trying to cooperate whether or not it was the black guy that he saw. Because at that point, we didn't know, was there another person involved? I mean, I can tell you all day long that, you know, Aaron was acting weird, but acting weird and, you know, proof that he had actually done something, two totally different things. Down there, I was looking around in that field area, mm-hmm. see if he was hiding around in there, but I didn't see him. Right off the bat, well, he did this and he ran around this way and I ran around that way and I saw him over here. And as we're doing this, we have people that are monitoring the interview that are forwarding that out to people that were actively on the scene working to try to find this person. Other investigators and canine units were out searching the property and for the man that Aaron had described. I seen that, that tallish, blackish dude, but it ain't, he ain't black, he's white. Okay. But I seen his face. All right. The whitish, blackish, tallish, shortish, fattish, skinniest. You know, at that point in time in the interview, Brian and I both pretty much knew he he just was just flat out lying. The police learned that the Callahans had one rule in their home, always take your shoes off in the house. The police had Aaron remove his shoes, and he had blood on the top of his socks. On top of my foot. On top of your feet. How is it you get blood on top of your feet? I'm trying to tell y'all, but I just have to tell y'all that that one oh, part. Okay. Okay. That's probably one of the biggest things that I could tell you in that interview that broke it wide open. As far as Jimmy asking that question, a brilliant question. I didn't mean to hurt her. Aaron then confessed that it was an accident and he didn't mean to hurt her. He was messing around with a gun and it went off. The police don't think Aaron has ever told them the truth to this day. Aaron's trial began in February 2012. The prosecution said that Aaron laid in wait until Amanda left the house. She had only been gone for a few minutes and had left to pick up their brother from his bus stop. Aaron then went inside and shot Alana with the gun he had stolen from Alana's dad. A gun box was found under Aaron's sink in the home where he lived with his much older sister. Aaron was found guilty of malice murder, felony murder while in commission of aggravated assault, possession of a firearm during the commission of the crime, and theft by taking a handgun. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole plus five years for the possession of the firearm and 10 years for theft. He was 14 years old. In 2012, the Supreme Court decided only irredeemable juveniles can be sentenced to life without parole. Aaron had a chance of resentencing. Stephen Reba, Aaron's lawyer, wanted to speak to Aaron's sister. They thought that Aaron's childhood had, to, had a lot to do with what made him the person he had become. Aaron loved to spend time with the Callahans. However, he wasn't supposed to be at the home unless Alana's parents, Betty, Joe, and Paul were home. Are there any restrictions on when Aaron was allowed to be at your home? He wasn't supposed to be at the house unless me or my husband was there. Okay, and when did that rule come into play? The Wednesday before Alana was killed. Aaron began stealing personal items from the Callahans, including Paul's gun. Betty Jo said she yelled at Aaron one day and told him he couldn't be that at the home anymore. The prosecution said that Alana had become a threat after she reported that Aaron had come over when he wasn't supposed to. Aaron's lawyer hoped that evidence of a traumatic childhood would improve his chances of resentencing.
I really just wanted to talk to you about Aaron's life, if you're comfortable doing that. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Where was he born? Augusta, Georgia. That was in 96. So there any other siblings or any other brothers and sisters? Cheyenne was the oldest brother, and Elizabeth was the middle child, and Aaron was the baby. And his dad is your dad. You, you guys share yes. the same father. Okay. So throughout his entire life, he really had almost no interaction with his dad. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. It's my understanding that between his birth and he was five and a half years, there was some pretty rough abuse yes. going on. What happened, I went over there and his mother, she wasn't there. And they were left with two men. There was sexual abuse and I reported it. And they went out there and got the children. When I was younger, I was molested by many men being with my mom. I mean, it was like one after another. The Callahans later found out about the possibility of a resentencing for Aaron. They were furious. They said Alana can't come back from the dead, so Aaron shouldn't have a chance to get out of prison. During his re-examination of the case, Stephen Reba said that Natalie Payne, the DA, had withheld documents. They didn't really go into much detail about withholding the documents. Stephen Reba himself said he didn't even know what they were. Um, But obviously, as we will soon find out, it didn't really matter. Aaron later changed his story about what happened, but still maintained it was an accident to this day. It was a little target range. See, I had the gun already there practicing with it before I even thought about going over there. So I go over there. When I opened the door, Alana was on her Facebook going through some pictures. Before I walked over there, I took my shoes off because the house rule is you got to take the shoes off. And when I got right there beside the table, I went ahead and tried to unload it. When I went to go pull it back, I actually pulled the trigger at the same time and I actually shot Alana. The Callahans don't forgive Aaron. They treated him like their own and he repaid them by taking Alana's life. One month after his resentencing was filed, Aaron was stabbed in prison. He was transferred to another prison in North Georgia. Aaron's case and sentence was upheld. Apparently, Aaron and Alana had been dating, but she was told she was too young for a relationship. Aaron obviously had a want and need for a loving family. The Callahans took him in, but Aaron, maybe scarred for life from his childhood, acted out and strained the relationship. I also don't believe Aaron is telling the truth. If you watch his interrogation, you'll see that he tries to cry several times and it sounds so incredibly fake. Yes, at that point he was a child, but he still committed a heinous crime. I think the court was right in upholding his sentence. My book recommendation for this week is Things We Do in the Dark by Jennifer Hillier. Summary. When Paris Peralta is arrested in her own bathroom, covered in blood, holding a straight razor, her celebrity husband dead in the bathtub behind her, She knows she'll be charged with murder. But as bad as this looks, it's not what worries her the most. With the unwanted media attention now surrounding her, it's only a matter of time before someone from her long-hidden past recognizes her and destroys the new life she's worked so hard to build along with any chance of a future. 25 years earlier, Ruby Reyes, known as the Ice Queen, was convicted of a similar murder in a trial that riveted Canada in the early 90s. Reyes knows who Paris really is, and when she's unexpectedly released from prison, She threatens to expose all of Paris' secrets. Left with no other choice, Paris must finally confront the dark past she escaped once and for all. Because the only thing worse than a murder charge are two murder charges. Review. 
Because why not talk about more murder? I love a good mystery mixed with celebrity and fame. This book was full of twists and turns, and it was fast-paced. I have times when I'm reading where I have to stop for a while because the story kind of just stalls, but that's not what the case was with this book. I finished it in about three days, and I give it an 8 out of 10. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to know what you think. Do you think Aaron should have gotten a lighter sentence, or do you think he's exactly where he's supposed to be? Please reach out to me through my blog, Instagram, Twitter, or you can buy me a coffee on buymeacoffee.com. Support, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.